0: Okay, it's a brand new year, 2016, today is Sunday, January 3rd and we're continuing to look at all the facets of praying God's promises and right now we're looking at some aspects in our lives that may block the flow and affect the way that we receive our answer to His promises and things that we do that may affect his timing. Uh, first of all, since it's the beginning of a new year, I'm handing out a, one sheet, one paper entitled, I will be made whole starting today. So it's a new year, it's a new us, a new improved us in the strength and power and knowledge of the Lord, and I just want to read these out, and uh, perhaps we can help help ourselves by practicing uh, and reading these things to ourselves and applying them to our lives. I will be made whole starting today. I am ready to obey the word spirit, soul, and body. I am ready to get into shape, spirit, soul, body, financially and socially. I am ready to let go of hurt feelings and offense. I am ready to be free of fear and walk in love. I am ready to not be conformed to this world. I am ready to be transformed by the renewing of my mind by God's word. I am ready to roll my cares over unto the Lord. He cares for me. I am ready to praise the Lord, dancing before him with all my might. Yes sir, I am ready to do whatever it takes to be made whole." And some of these declarations apply to our uh, discussion on unforgiveness. So we need to let go of those hurt feelings and feelings of offense. Be transformed. We need to walk in love. Obey the word. Get into shape with all aspects of our body, mind and spirit. Now, um, last week we finished off with the entire chapter of Isaiah 61, and in a capsule, the, some of the highlights are that God will provide justice, recompense, joy, and blessings for His people. Don't let unforgiveness block His blessings and delay answers to your prayers. If you have feelings of offense or bitterness. Look up God's promises concerning his care for you and his justice and recompense. Replace angry feelings with psalms of joy and try to remember the good things about the offender rather than the bad. Now, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, Tom, but (laughs) you said that you took your notes home from last Sunday, and did a lot of study on your oh, own. Yes, I did. And you wrote, what, nine pages of notes on that? Yeah, yes, I did. I was wondering, you know, do you have anything out of that study that you would like to add to this oh, at I this point? I wish I had
1: it with me. I don't. I, I don't have it with me. I'm sorry.
0: Do you have any thoughts that really stand out in your mind about last week? Do you have your notes from last week? That might...
1: Well, I'll tell you what I think that happens with me here. I take notes, and I listen to you, and I enjoy what we're doing. But when I take the notes home and really research everything in the Scripture, there's so much there involved that I think we all need to really get into the Word that you bring out. And that that affects me more.
0: Yeah, because you're personalizing it. You're taking it into your own mind and spirit. Your own uh, perception of things. Mm. And uh, so when you make it personal like that, that's where the rubber meets the road. Mm. And, you know, I could take months and months and months just on this one aspect. That's why it's taken a year just to get to where we're at, because the more you delve into it, the more you see... You need to, to ponder and, and uh, research and learn more and more and more. We can't possibly know everything. No. So when you start researching it, there's just so much there. The Word yeah. is infinite. And uh, yeah. so, you know, I, I try to cover each aspect pretty thoroughly, but there's no way I can teach everything about it. No, I wish so I that's, had with me. So I... that's where your your research uh, really makes more out of it for you. And, uh, well, and then you, uh, you write your blog.
1: I haven't gotten there And done that you yet. put a
0: lot into that too. Yeah. So I read your blog every time you email me with it. And I think, wow, you know. So, uh... Everyone in the Sunday school should be on your email list, but not everybody reads their, their uh, emails like I do. <laughs> I'm on that, the laptop every day. Okay. So, <laughs> so, So, did you have any, just a word in a nutshell, other than it's important to, to, to look at it again? I wish I had
1: it with me. I can't. I can't just answer you because I. Okay.
0: I would if I had it okay. with me. That's I okay. Would. I don't want to put you on the spot. I would. Okay. I want to read something out of a partner letter from September 2014 from Kenneth Copeland. He he said in Hebrews three verse one. It says that we are partakers of his calling. We have inherited with him the authority and the power to forgive. We are ministers of grace. And that's in Ephesians 4 verse 29. We are ministers of grace. And forgiveness is the first act of grace. When the healing, forgiving force of grace is released through you and me, it begins to work in and on others. To practice forgiveness is to practice healing. It will draw people to the source of that grace, which is the love of God. I think that's really pertinent uh, because we talk about healing all the time and we talk about taking authority. But then we forget that uh, God already gave us the power to forgive through Him. And we think we have to do it on our own. And last week we went through all those reasons why we say we can't forgive. But we can. It's just not in our own power and strength. Um uh, We have to make a a decision and a choice to forgive. We have to determine to put forth that effort on our part. But it's not our part that actually does the wonder-working power of forgiveness. It's the power of God working through us and in us. And in the renewing of our mind through developing relationship with the Triune God and in reading and meditating and pondering the scriptures and then actively applying them to ourselves to determine to change our attitudes, change the way we think, the way we speak, the way we act. And sometimes that requires that you determine that with forethought. If there's someone that offends me, then I have to decide that the next time I run into that person, I'm not going to act the way I used to act. I'm going to act the way God would want me to act. Mm-hmm. I would try to be more like Jesus and how am I going to do that? I have to picture that in my mind, run it through my mind and then determine that okay. that's the way I'm going to act. Mm-hmm. And it, and in praying to God and asking for his help, that's where the strength comes to carry through with that. And that's hard. You know, it's hard to push our feelings down and replace them with God's thoughts and the way he feels and acts and does. But the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And the more that you start to change inside and let go of that unforgiveness, the less bitterness will be residing in you and, uh, and in me. <laughs> and the more happiness and joy that you can allow to permeate everything in your life. Uh, I talked about uh, the ministers of grace, and having the power to forgive. And that's all part of the power of healing. So let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verses 15 through 17. Probably, no, wait, 15. Okay, that should be 15 through, I must have done a typo on this. 15 through 19, it should have been. Okay, Ed, would you like to start with the Amplified?
2: And that's chapter 5, right?
0: Chapter 5, verses 15 through 19. And he died for
2: all, so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. Consequently, from now on we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and a a man yet now, we have such a knowledge of Him and we know Him no longer in terms of the flesh. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creation altogether, the old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. But all things are are from God. We, through Jesus Christ, reconciled us to Himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with Himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with Him. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the the world to favor with Himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation of the restoration to favor
0: (coughs) wow that's so much more yeah that that shows we have the ministry of reconciliation and it's through god Mm -hmm. it's through god he did it for us and we're to do it for others because we're in Christ, we're ingrafted in Christ, and we're new creatures in Christ. And the old conditions have passed away. Behold, the fresh and new have come. And those things are all from God. And so it specifically says here, "...and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony." With him, but also with us. Now, let's see. I have something to comment on. Okay, I think the N of E pretty much says the same thing. There's no wording that's...
1: Well, I'm going to read... This is from Good News. The Good News. I'm just going to read the verse 15. He died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but only for him who died and was raised to life for their sake. Well, I told you I lived in New York and I was very involved in numerous churches with leaders and ministries. And when I first moved there, I, I was doing really well getting involved with But I also became very concerned about the life of myself too and that was wrong because even though it's much more expensive to live there and I couldn't afford it and you know I was dealing with financing and dealing with a lot of issues I should have shot God about this not so much concerned with
0: yeah, but you've learned a lot since then. Oh yes, I about have. the power of prayer. Yes, I have. And that's the thing. We try to do things on our own. Mm-hmm. When it's so much easier to go to Him and give it to Him and ask Him. Mm-hmm. Now, what should I do? You tell me. You guide me. You lead me.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing with this whole business of forgiving others. We we think mm-hmm. we do it on our own. No, and we do it based on our emotions which may be true or not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a misperception that caused us to have unforgiveness in our hearts. We may not have looked at a whole situation accurately. We may not have had all the pieces to the puzzle. We may have issues from our background that got in the way and caused Mm -hmm. us to perceive things incorrectly. There's a lot of things that's wrong when we do everything strictly by our emotions so that's why we have to pray and do it from god's viewpoint that we live for god not for our own little issues and that when we pray to him and renew our minds through the written and spoken word uh, then we can start to see things from his viewpoint His viewpoint's perfect. Ours is not. Ours is corrupted. So, um, he gives us the power and the authority. And when I thought it was interesting to put forgiveness and healing in the same uh, sentence, but you see that throughout the Bible. Jesus said, What's easier, to tell him he's healed or tell him he's forgiven? Sickness and unforgiveness are part of the curse, and he's linking them up. You can have the curse of sickness, illness, and unforgiveness, or you can have the blessing of being well and forgiving and living in love. So, uh, really, those two do belong together, and I think a lot of people don't see that. It's not, I know it's not taught. Uh, if it's taught, I haven't heard that teaching. And um, when I started doing this whole study and, and looking at the scriptures, that's when I first linked it. it, was like several months ago, that's when I really understood the linking up there between healing and forgiveness. Uh, <clears throat> So, you know, I'm one that really believes in healing and laying on of hands. I believe in miracles. I've I've laid hands on people. I've seen miracles happen. I've seen other people lay hands for healing. Uh, You know, I've experienced all that. But, you know, now I need to concentrate on walking in love and forgiving. And, uh, you know, I have to understand that it's all part of the same package. do do yeah so i'm teaching myself here i've been saying this all along i'm teaching myself you know you can have a lot of knowledge and um a lot of understanding but uh you know the more you get into the word the deeper you go yes the more rhema you get rhema is the practical application and a deeper understanding because every scripture in the bible can have multiple levels of understanding, multiple levels of meaning. And you can teach, take take a chapter out of the Bible and, and do 12 different teachings on it from different aspects. So, uh, I'm hoping that we really uh, are able to apply this and get peace and love and uh, grace in our own uh, emotions uh, so that we we have uh, the gunk and the junk cleaned out <laughs> of our emotions any any other comments on that passage <clears throat> In verse 19 God was personally is personally present in Christ and it's more than just reconciliation but it's restoration that's restoration of the world restoration is completeness it's not just part of it but it's restoring parts that were missing and it's restoring the world to favor so you know that just blossoms out you know you get reconciliation restoration wholeness favor favor comes with blessings and grace and empowerment
1: you know i do want to comment on verse 19 here in good news part of it says the last part of 19 says God did not keep an account of their sins. And he, and he has given us the message which tells us how he makes them his friends. Yeah. Now, see, this is very difficult for some Christians because if you're dealing in a large city in the world, which is, you know, New York is very much can be very much in the world yes but if you bring people to Christ and they're still dealing with their sins I frankly say that's okay they're dealing with it yeah that doesn't mean they're still loving what they're doing they're being convicted and they're dealing with it but other Christians go, oh, if they're dealing with it, then... But, see, this is very clear. Once, once they become God's friends, when you come to Christ, we all become God's friends. Yes. <laughs> and we, we have to let go and realize that.
0: He doesn't hold that sin against them. He counsels them.
1: Yes.
0: And he chooses to lay that aside and not call it into remembrance.
1: Right.
0: Where sometimes Christians do. It's like oh, who yes. does she think mm. she is? Do you remember when? You know. Mm. Oh yeah. Or he used to do this all the time and he calls himself a Christian. Well, if he received Jesus as personal Lord and Savior, yes he is. Oh, if and I he's told on you a journey. I used to that do, person yeah. is on a journey. Mm. And God doesn't make a distinction between a little sin and a lot of sin. Mm-hmm. Sin is sin. He doesn't grade it. And he doesn't... Uh, so, uh, you know, we're all trying to be better. We may start at different points and in different areas, but we're all trying to get better. Yes. Now, I... Uh, this past year I've done a devotional by Gloria Copeland a daily devotional called Pursuit of His Presence so from February 6 I'd like to just quote a a few sentences from that in John 11 verses 43 to 44 Jesus stood before the tomb and called out Lazarus come forth Lazarus came out, but was still bound in the grave clothes. So Jesus said, Loose him and let him go. This kind of relates back to what you were just talking about. When we were born again, Jesus gave new life to us. He wants us walking in love because that's the only way the new life in us can get out and work. When we walk in love, We step out of the natural realm and into the supernatural. However, the deadly habits of unforgiveness, impatience, irritation, and selfishness bind us like the grave clothes bound Lazarus. We need to choose to walk in love. Put those old habits behind us and go forward in the power and the glory of God. We can speak the word and make a declaration concerning this. That's what this just directly applies to what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. You come out of the grave into a new life, but you have to take those grave clothes off. Walk, get out of those old things that you used to do and think. So we can speak the word by reading the Bible and speaking it out, and we can make a declaration. And she wrote one that I'd like to say. Uh, Deadly habits of unforgiveness, impatience, irritation, and selfishness. Loose me and let me go. I choose to walk free by the power of God's will. Now, if you have any other bad habits that you would like to lose, uh, uh, examples would be anger, a bad temper, disrespect, or loose lips for like gossip or speaking negatively towards other. You can put that in that sentence, deadly habits of anger and bad temper. Loose me and let me go. I choose to walk free by the power of God's will. And you can keep declaring these out loud.
1: Now who is the lady who did that?
0: Gloria Copeland. Copeland, and uh, it's Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. Their website is oh, yeah. kcm.org. They, they used to do a lot of music, and they have a lot. And they have a lot of teachings on their website that are free. Now, in addition to making declarations over ourselves, how can we forgive? First of all, we need to ask God for help we cannot change ourselves we need the strength of God the joy of the Lord is my strength to do whatever I need to do and to change whatever I need to change so ask God for help pray make declarations and understand where your strength comes from Uh, Zechariah I'll just read this it's one sentence Zechariah 4, verse 6. So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So that's the word of the Lord. It's not in our own power, but it's in God's power and through his Holy Spirit. So it's only with God's help Pray and ask him to help you change from inside out and to change your thoughts and perceptions. So I think I'll just read a couple of these. To, um, these are just one-line scriptures to uh, tell you how you have that power. Second uh, Timothy 1, verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love and self-discipline. And Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34, uh, the second half of that verse, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. So we are given forgiveness by God, and not only that, but he never calls our sins into remembrance anymore. He could recall them if he wanted to, he doesn't forget them forever. He, you know, he, he's omniscient, he knows everything. But he chooses not to call our sins into remembrance. Uh, Hebrews 8, uh, verse 12 For I will be merciful and gracious toward their sins and I will remember their deeds of unrighteousness no more. Now this is an act of the will. I will. Uh, to remember is to call into remembrance, to recall. He remembers it no more. This is a deliberate decision not to remember or recall or bring it to mind. This is a decision to stop the process of of remembering. And that's what we need to do sometimes. Start things start to come up in my our minds and then we start to dwell on it. We have to choose to stop that. Now this is not the same as forgetting, but rather a decision to place this memory in the inactive file of your mind. Do not allow your mind to dwell on the offense or situation, but replace the mind activity with something more positive, uplifting, or future-oriented that will produce an effect more in alignment with God's words and thoughts. Resist the efforts of Satan and his minions in trying to influence your thoughts. We do not battle against the flesh, but against the spirits of this world. Rebuke the dark spirits and cast them out of your territory, Send those spirits back to hell, never to return. You may be surprised to feel the lifting of a dark cloud over your attitude and feel a sense of light and freedom. Put on the helmet of salvation, which is the word of God, to do battle in the spiritual realm. So there's a spiritual component here too that some people aren't quite uh, so ready to believe in but uh, you know we do live in a spiritual world superimposed on our natural world. They coexist and we can't always see it with our natural eyes but we can see it in the spirit and Satan and his low level demonic spirits are always at work trying to influence your thoughts And they can be standing there whispering to you about things that you shouldn't be thinking about. And you can make a decision and a declaration to cast out those spirits away from you. Don't let them occupy your space. They will try over and over because they have assignments. And their assignments is to take us down. And one of the first things they do is try to influence the way that we think and they can be there talking to you. A lot of times that's where that spirit of suicide comes into play. There'll be people that are depressed and feel hopeless, and that's when those minions will come in and start whispering, you don't have to live like this anymore. You know, why don't you you just call it quits? Why don't you uh, take that bottle of pills? You know, Why don't you uh, slit your wrist? And it's a very real thing. And uh, they'll do it on all levels of your conscience. They'll whisper to you. That's why we have nightmares in the middle of the night. You know, these demonic spirits will come in and start whispering nasty things in your ears. And then you start to visualize it in your dreams you can actually, if you start to wake up, you can actually make yourself wake up and cast those demonic spirits out of your bedroom and out of your territory. Cast them, and when you do it, you tell them, don't you ever come back, go to hell, stay where you belong, don't you come back. Now, the problem is that spirit may, you know, is going to leave. But then, you know, other ones come that take the place. So you have to do it more than once. But, um, you know, I've talked with people having uh, terribly nasty, horrifying dreams, and, and I've, I've taught them this, and uh, they've done it, and it works. I've done it myself, it works. You have those nasty nightmares, horrifying thoughts, you just cast those demonic spirits out. And you're just, you can physically feel the lifting of that dark, oppressive cloud that settles on you when you allow them in your life to to influence you. Um, I've al- I've also done this uh, in places without people knowing about it, and then when they walked into the space, they said, "This air feels so much cleaner. What happened?" So. Uh, This is part of walking in the spiritual and doing that spiritual battle that's talked about with the armor of God. Anyone have any anything to add to that or comments or personal experiences? Okay. Now something else that I already touched on is be kind to others on purpose. Choose not to remember the offense. Be tender hearted. Open your heart and spirit to the ways of Jesus. Retrain your thoughts and patterns of thinking. Now, if you haven't already read the book uh, Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer, uh, you really should do that. And if you already did read it, it wouldn't hurt to go through it no, it's, again it's whenever tremendous. it's needed. It's a fabulous book. Uh, I think we have a couple copies over here in the church library. Oh, yeah. And a lot of us have, have it at home that you could borrow. Um, this, she really gets to the core of this problem with the battlefield that rages in your minds, with your thoughts. And your thoughts affect your emotions and your attitudes. And then that affects your behavior. Um, So you really need to get to the root of it, which is the battlefield that rages in your mind. And a lot of it says spiritual warfare that rages around you. We have to learn how to uh, do that battle. Joyce Meyer also wrote, Do yourself a favor. Forgive and another book Living Beyond Your Feelings and also a book called Power Thoughts I have all these books
1: mm-hmm. so <laughs> I, I do too I You do yes. okay
0: mm-hmm. if you have all of them so you know if you if well, anyone you know, wants I'm, to I'm read gonna it gonna you could probably borrow it from one of us I'm If you take make care a of it.
1: comment about Battlefields of the Mind I read it originally but then this past year i really studied through it i mean really and it's it's amazing when you really you know get into the word completely yeah. wow she it's an
0: amazing book
1: yeah
0: and you know You have to do more than just a superficial read just to get from the first page to the last page. You know, just try to read it and say, okay, check it off the list. Yeah, right. Yeah, You have to apply it. It's like all these books. You know, what good is reading these books if you don't, like, think about them and then apply them? Yes. Uh, There are also a lot of other great books on changing the way you think and on the specific topic of forgiveness. Uh, You know, I have books from Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, Creflo Dollar has some great books that are similar to The Battlefield of the Mind. You can go to a lot of their websites and uh, get uh, teachings for free on the website. So we need to develop an attitude of healing and hospitality. Never avenge a perceived wrong. Let God handle it. Uh, now let's go to Romans chapter 12
1: wait you said never
0: avenge never avenge a perceived wrong let God handle it That's Romans chapter 12. And let's read verses 9 through 21. Okay, do you want to do the Amplified to start?
2: Let your love be sincere. A real thing, hate what is evil, block all ungodliness, turn in horror from wickedness, but hold fast to that which is good. Love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honor to one another. Never lag in zeal and in eagerness endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the spirit serving the Lord. Rejoice and exult in his hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation to be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people, sharing in the necessities of the saints. Pursue the practice of hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, who are cruel in their attitude toward you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy, and weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. Live in harmony with one another, do not be uh, snobbish, high-minded, exclusive, rarely adjust yourself to people, things, and give yourself to humble tasks, never over, overestimate yourself, or to be wise in your own conceits, to pay no one evil for evil, but take through for what is honor and proper and noble, aiming to the above approach, reproach in the sight of everyone." If possible as far as it depends on you, live as at peace with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave the way open for God's wrath, for it is written vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him, if he is thirsty, give him drink, for by doing so you will he burning coals upon his head. Do not let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcoming master evil with good.
0: Okay. Did you want to read out the good news?
1: Uh, 9 to 21? Yeah. Okay. Love must be completely sincere. Hate what is evil. Hold on to what is good. Love one another warmly as Christian brothers and be eager to show respect for one another. Work hard and do not be lazy. Serve the Lord with a heart full of devotion. Let your hope keep you joyful, be patient in, in your troubles, and pray in, at all times. Share your belongings with your needy fellow Christians, and open your homes to strangers. Ask God to bless those who, who persecute you, Yes, ask him to bless, not to curse. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who are weep. Have the same concern for everyone. Do not be proud, be, but accept humble duties. Do not think of yourselves as wise. If someone, If someone has done to you wrong, do not repay them with a the wrong. Try to do what everyone considers to be good. Do everything possible on your part to life in peace with everyone. Never take reference, my friends, but instead let God's anger do it. For the scripture says, I will take, I will take revenge. I will pay back, says the Lord. Instead, of <coughs> Instead, as the scripture says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For by doing this, you will make him burn with shame. Do not let evil defeat you. Instead, can um, conquer evil with good.
0: Okay. Now in the NIV, they had this section uh, with a title love and respect for others and i think it's pretty well details what we should do and tells us that love must be sincere and we must cling to the good okay we're probably getting near our time here I think we could finish out this segment today elevate Christ as your example of how to think and behave Jesus takes you to a higher plane of existence follow Christ's example and live as an example to others because they are watching you do you really represent the Christian love walk now I want to read from Romans 12 verse 1 through 3 his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Now, during Sandy Ziegler's evening Bible study on Sunday, October 25th, we read some scriptures about God's glory which is in us through Jesus Christ our Savior as we read these scriptures I received an awesome eye-opening insight and understanding that went beyond all that I had experienced before when uh, reading these scriptures and having a a teaching uh, on God's glory and here are some of the scriptures John 17 verses 5 and 6 and 20 through 24 which read the glory of God in Jesus and through Jesus the glory is in us we have the glory of God in us and then we read Psalm 8 verses 3 through 8 and basically it says man was made a little lower than Elohim Elohim is the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Man is crowned, encompassed, surrounded, enveloped with glory, which is God's splendor and weightiness and honor. And then we read Philippians 2, verses 5 through 9, and that basically says your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ the name above every name. Now this was not new revelation, new information for me. I've heard all this many times before, took copious notes on it multiple times. So this, all of this that was brought up during Sandy's class was not brand new information to me. And it was not actually new revelation. You know, I've heard this, studied it, believed it. But then when I started to think about what we were talking about in Sandy's class and then started thinking about this teaching on forgiveness (coughs) Mm -hmm. and at that point I was still continuing to write and add on to this, to, uh, this aspect. I realized that we need to see ourselves as God sees us. And I knew this before but it really hit me hard during that class. We are light beings and here's the thing. We should be living on a higher plane. We are glorious beings. We go from glory to glory as we mature in the ways of the Lord. With the glory of God in us, we have the ability to live according to His Word and His power and His standards. We should and can be above the ways and thoughts of the world. We can do it in God and in His anointing. We can walk in love and not take offense. We can forgive hurtful things of the past. We can be tender-hearted, kind, hospitable and charitable. Most of us have had years of teachings on these topics but until we really get it deep into our minds and emotions, deep into our minds and emotions, it is a weak effort on our part. We are light created in the image and likeness of Elohim. We are infused with the breath of God and we need to see ourselves that way in order to function in that higher, glorious realm. We are not perfect, and we are not the source of the light, but we can be obedient to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we can forgive in the strength of the Lord. Amen and Amen. Ah, I don't know, that just really hits me hard. I have goosebumps all over my body because we've heard this so often and we give it mental assent and we actually try to apply it but until we really understand what plane we're on and where we could be in a much higher plane of life in the blessing in the strength and the favor of God When we start to function in His glory, that's going to be a major difference in how we see things and how we respond. So that's all I have today. And that's the end of my talk on forgiveness. Um, Next week I'm going to start talking about obedience to God's instructions and how that affects us in our answers. so yeah yeah, that's very vital does anyone have anything to add to this topic of forgiveness
1: you know i'll bring a book with me next week that i'm starting to read by a pastor down south i forget his name i really forget his name but it's really aligning with what you're saying and how he went through a change he had to go through a change
0: yeah I don't really need to read that. <laughs> <laughs>